This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And Michael, I love this question today because it deals with salvation and it deals with the root of salvation, the primary root, which is what is the true definition of repentance and being born again? Because how can we get salvation? How do we get forgiveness without being forgiven from something, which is sin, and we got to get the repentance somewhere? Yep. Oh, I can feel the questions and <laughs> retorts coming in. Well, the true definition of repentance is to change. It's to go in a different direction. Right. There's a couple different words that we're going to translate as repentance or forms of the word. Let's just make it as simple as possible. Repentance can refer to the English word repentance, depending on what, it, what Greek word it's referencing, can point to a change of your mind. It can point to a change of your heart. It can point to a change of your behavior. Those yes. are kind of the three big changes. And so that's actually good. I like that. Yeah, there we go. That's, I just blew your mind. <laughs> you blew my mind. You know, just change your life. There you go. So, uh, but the idea here is that true repentance is a change of your mind which is motivated by faith. It is a commitment to a change of your life. Mm -hmm. But all of that is the overflow of a change of your heart. Yeah. So when you get saved, God gives you a new heart and it affects your mind and affects what you do. It affects your head and your hands. Right. And so Paul, Peter, whoever can look at people and say, repent and be baptized. Now, immediately we think to ourselves, that must be repent of all your sins. Stop sinning and get saved. It's actually probably not what he means. Not at all. Now, here's what I can't imagine. I can't imagine that I'm looking at somebody who has a God concept, a Jesus concept, and they are living in unrepentant sin, and they know it, right? And this sin is more important to them than, than Jesus, but they know Jesus is God. I can look at them and say, repent and be saved. What stands between you and coming to God is giving this thing up. Giving it up, yeah. So I can look at them and say that, but I'm also going to look at them and say, you're not saved by giving this thing up. You're saved by grace through faith. Repentance is the first step. What God does is convict us of sin. By that conviction of sin, he gives us the ability to say, you know what? I am a sinner. I need forgiveness that comes through Christ. Or the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to repent and ask for forgiveness. Are you talking about at salvation? At salvation. Mm. Still processing yeah. what you are saying. I've had people say that, well, with repentance, there's always got to be this guilt. And, well, guilt could be a part of repentance, but repentance is more than just guilt. And the example that I've given before is, so we've got a little child. Mommy says, I've just baked some great chocolate chip cookies. We're going to put them in the cookie container here, but we're not going to have any cookies until after dinner. So there's that temptation. Little kids see those cookies that are yummy, yummy. And so as little kids do, they get in the cookie jar and they eat a cookie before dinner. And mom gets after them and says, hey, I, I told you we were not going to have cookies until afterwards. So now there's, in the theological term, there's sin. There's a definite— Infraction of law. Infraction of law. There is a definite disobedience to what mom has clearly spelled out. So there can be guilt there. That is not repentance. Repentance is when the little child says, you know what? I know mommy made some great cookies there, and I know they're there, but mom said no. And even though I want to, I'm not going to. I agree that is repentance, and I just want to make sure that I'm not mistaking or overstating what you're saying, which is repentance of your sin is not a requirement for salvation. Hmm. 
Otherwise, you would say, no, before you come to Christ, you have to change your life. Oh, no, 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 no. I would not say change your life, but I would say change your attitude about sin and what sin does. Okay, here's why I don't think I agreed with what I heard you saying okay. earlier. So here's my understanding of how salvation works. Okay. God gives you faith when you hear the gospel. It might be the hundredth time you've heard the gospel or the first. Doesn't first, matter. That's right. God gives you faith. With that giving of faith gives you the Holy Spirit. If you died in that moment before a word came out of your mouth, you'd go to heaven. And you hear the gospel and you're saved. Now, what happens on a human level is the person goes, oh my gosh, I believe. I believe Jesus is God. I believe I'm a sinner. I believe, you know, because now I have a new heart that God's given me by faith, which God gives me. Mm -hmm. And then my mind changes because part of that is, I mean, the mind is the, your thoughts, the overflow of your heart, if you will. And then I immediately begin, sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly, depending on the issue, I begin to dismantle some of the wrong ideas that I've had. That to me would be, you know, it's really funny, listeners. <laughs> you don't know this, but we're both drinking soda water. <laughs> and burping like and crazy. we're burping like crazy. Like we keep moving our faces away from the <laughs> microphone. Anyways, enough of that. This is where on a human level, most people, their experience is this. I made a decision to trust in Christ. I am smarter than those who didn't. I kind of mm. pulled myself up on my own bootstraps. Mm -hmm. And on a surface level, you did choose it. But what scripture teaches is that the reason you chose is because God gave you eyes to see, That's ears right. to hear. He gave you faith to believe. God saved you. That's yep. why you see it. And which is also why the Bible says that the gospel is God's power to save. When you hear the gospel, yes. that is the means by which God uses to awaken you mm -hmm. and to grant you faith. That being said, what you're going to find is that somebody who hears the gospel and God saves, they're going to begin to have a very quick change of how they view yes. things in whether their head. Whether it happens first or whether it happens very quickly after salvation, there is a new understanding of sin and repentance yes. happens. Yes. Can I just poke? Yeah. This is good. I agree. Yeah. So what you said is when somebody comes to Christ— they don't have, most people, I've never met anybody who has the capacity to repent of all things no, immediately can't. to they dismantle can't. their entire worldview. That doesn't happen. But what you're saying is salvation is about the dismantling of the very, very core things. What is sin? Who am I? Who is God? How do we relate? What has my sin done right. to my relationship with God? Right. And that's where repentance at the salvation level is of those base aspects, which yes. we call the gospel. Mm -hmm. The gospel is a deconstructing and a putting back together of these fundamental ideas. Who is God? Who am I? What is sin? How do we relate? Yeah. The repentance of that is not required, but is the absolute necessary byproduct of anybody who God has truly saved. Yeah. Jesus said, by their fruits, you'll know them. And you'll know if there is not fruits of repentance. I wonder, has there been a true conversion? Has yep. a person truly come to faith in Jesus and not repented, not come to the point where, wow, I've got to change the way I think and the way I behave because of what Scripture says and what the Bible says about my sin and how horrible my sin is yep. to God. So the hardest thing, I think, and I think this is something that uh, we have to arm modern Christians for. So a person can believe that they are a sinner and Jesus is God. Uh, God the Father raised him from the dead. He's coming back. Salvation is by faith, by grace through faith, not by works. Like they can believe all that. But I imagine somebody who, who comes to Christ and they now have a thousand practices and 10,000 ideas that they don't know are wrong. Yes. All they know, yeah, that's though, a possibility. is that the foundations are there. Now, what's interesting is that some of these ideas are really easy to dismantle. Like, the Scripture just speaks really bluntly to them. Don't lie, don't steal, okay, mm -hmm. gotcha. But there are 
principles like sexual ethics, right? Yeah. It's very plausible that someone comes to Christ and it takes them years to dismantle their sexual ethic. One of the things that we have to understand is that sometimes it can take a really, 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 really long time on some issues for people to be fully dismantled and then not just dismantled, but put back together. And that's really what the word of God does with our God concept, our morals, our ethics, our theology. And that's really hard. So I think Christians who grew up in a Judeo-Christian home, understood the gospel from a young age, love to be really, really judgy with other people. And I would just say, mm, look for the foundations and look right. to see what God's doing and be patient because sometimes the newer somebody is to the faith, they have a number of things that have yet to be dismantled. That's right. What I love about God is I've probably got a billion things that he has yet to dismantle in me, but he takes me one step at a time, one issue at a time. He just deals with me very graciously. That's right. He's playing the long game with me. Now, if somebody has the ability to look at an explicit, clear teaching of scripture and say, no, no, there are a handful of people that I have worked with that will say, I know what God's word says, but I don't agree. Oof. And I'm like, then we can, we have no common ground. Because one of the fundamental foundations of becoming a Christian is having an authority now that is not you. Mm-hmm. You're actually transitioning from under your own authority in terms of determining what is true, or if you're from a different religion, that they're holy books to the Bible, yeah. to God. To go from who is my authority? Yep. Am I my own authority or somebody else my authority? Or is the Bible my authority? Right. And I want to give some grace to people. So when you become a Christian and you change your authority, it doesn't mean it's all easy. It doesn't mean you're no. going to be like Jesus in the garden who's like, whatever you want, God, I'm going to do. Like, sometimes it's not that easy. Yeah. Sometimes there are things that you spent your whole life making your identity, and then you become a Christian and realize, oh, no, I was wrong. And you don't even know how deep it is inside of you. But there is a difference between someone says, I'll figure it out as hard as it is versus I know what God wants and I don't agree. Yeah. I know what God says. I don't agree. Mm. Like that is a, you hit on that. That's dangerous. It is dangerous. It's a dangerous place for anyone to be. Yep. So what's the true definition of repentance and being born again? Well, being born again, that's easy. That's just when God saves you. What Jesus said in John 3 to Nicodemus, you got to be born in the spirit. The Holy Spirit has to change you. He has to quicken you. He has to make you alive because as Paul says in Ephesians 2, we were dead in our trespasses and sin before we came to faith in him. We were dead. Yep. So we had to be born again. And if you're born again, then the necessary byproduct is repentance of the basic worldview issues. Who is God? Who is man? How do we relate? Who is Jesus? Etc. Eventually your head and your hands, your behavior, they begin to change as well. And you begin that process for the rest of your life of learning what it means to change. Yeah. Good enough? Good enough. Awesome. Easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> What's nice? Well, let's look at the next question here. What are the qualifications for being a disciple of Jesus? Why did Judas Iscariot make the list? 